Hi friend, you are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, after having crawled through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and you are listening to the final installment in the three-part episode we recorded with Dominique Shanks, our special guest. Uh, my February co-host, Tori Carpenter, and I sat down with her, and we had this conversation. And if you've been listening so far, we talked about um, how similar Dominique's story is with Tori's um, and what she shared about losing uh, her parent. We also talked about um, the pain that's associated with church hurt and what happens when um, people don't show up and how painful that can be. And, and we talked quite a bit about that in the last episode but today we're going to be transitioning to um, talking about the hope that can be found in Jesus and wrapping up this conversation. And I hope that you are blessed in listening to this final installment today, friend. Thank you for listening. I don't really take people's words. Like, I'm just like, um, I'm sorry. Like, you know, and I'm not afraid to like, just be like, that's like, you know, and I think that's something that um, one of the pastors had told my sister, she, she told me, and I, I've kept is like, be careful whose words you listen to. A lot of people said a lot of things to my sister and I, after my mom died and my sister said, someone sat down with her, you know, seconds after my mom died and said something like you guys didn't pray hard enough. You would have prayed hard enough. And, and I believe that for a little while. Like I used to think like, it's because right when Abby called me, I said, oh, my mom's going to die. If I would have said that she wouldn't have died. And I had to like give that to Jesus and be like, I can't hold on to it. I did the same thing. I can't hold that. It's, and I know now I know that that's none of that's true. That's just yeah. a shame. Yeah. But it took, like, what I remember, I mean, it took years for me to be like, I like, and so I, I couldn't hold on to it. Yeah. You can't hold on and to I it. And I think that like, for me, like when people would say such freaking stupid things or hurtful things or just dumb things. Um, and then when I would feel added pain of like people not showing up or feeling like they didn't care, it was really sweet. I think that God, like there, there were just certain situations where like God like did something for me or brought something to me. Like even little things like, like seeing like the, a stunning wildflower on a hike and knowing, oh, that, that was like, god's beauty just for me like that flower was created just for me and, and friends like janelle who would just, who drove all the way to ellensburg just to literally drop 
food off and then drive back. I have another friend who is funny enough an atheist and on the anniversary of my dad's death, this first anniversary that we just had, she sent me and my family this care package with like tons of games in it. And she wrote a note that said, these games bring my family such laughter. I hope that these games make you guys laugh today. And I just think that like, in, I guess in those ways, like I, I do know that like that was God showing up. Yeah. We had, um, so my mom died in um, March of 09. And then in 2010, a few of my friends, my, one of my friends lost her three-year-old. And then uh, um, another friend lost her husband of like 50 years. Um at that time too. And so we, we walked with my friend who lost her two, her three-year-old and there was the, her aunt who was one of our pastor's wives, um, took it upon herself to carry all three of us. And so she was always taking the three of us out, which is probably now that I think about it, like that's horrible because the, um, the mom just, Crystal wasn't, you know, she lost a three-year-old, her three-year-old, she was a mess and Eddie and I were a mess. Um, but I remember, so she was such a blessing, like you're saying those people, like, um, but this friend who lost her husband, she, you know, years later, um, 2015 was like a weird year where everyone kind of just like woke up. And so she, we were, we were hanging out a lot and she was like, Tommy, I need, to, I need to apologize for you, to you and Eddie. She was like, I wasn't there for you guys. And I regretted that so much. And I want to apologize for that. And, um, a lot of my the best part of losing my mom was like, it was also a year that like most of my friends got married. Like, I think we, we went to like seven weddings in like five months. Um, and then I missed weddings because I was living in Spain. But one of my really good college friends got married and like, I I mean, I wasn't expecting an invitation because I was living in Spain, but um, Abby didn't get an invitation and she, I remember she talked about it. And um, I want to say in 2015 or 13, she um, she, we were out to eat and she was like, I just had to say this. She was like, I still have y'all's wedding invitation. I just didn't know where to send it. And she was like, but I wanted you guys to be at my, my wedding. And, it, it, and I, she was like, and I didn't fight hard enough to find out, you know, where Eddie was living, where you were living. Cause she had already, we, like I had already graduated from that college and she had, Eddie was still there, but she was just like, but that's been laying on my heart. And, um, and, and so forgive them Tori for yourself forgive them for yourself so you have freedom um and wait and watch what God does and when you're ready if you ever are you know like definitely speak into it like I've definitely gone back to my friends you know as I've gotten older and bolder and spoken to like hey that really hurt and that really sucked Mm -hmm. and I'm sad that it happened and it's a part of our story but I forgive you and I love you Mm -hmm. um but I think what helped me was, and I don't think I did it before people started asking for forgiveness. I don't know if I felt, I don't know, comfortable. Cause it's almost, I don't know, for me, it was, it felt embarrassing to be so hurt by it. Like, I don't, I don't know, but I was, I was embarrassed to admit that I was hurt. Um, and then when they started apologizing, it was nice to actually be able to um, admit hurt. Mm-hmm. and to forgive from a place of like yes I was hurt 
instead of just like, oh, it's fine, I forgive you. It's like, no, it wasn't fine, actually. It did hurt. Mm-hmm. And I do forgive you and I do value your friendship and love you. Um, so, yeah. I think that's great. I mean, because sometimes I, sometimes I go, like I struggle in my mind with like, why do I have such a problem telling them? Like, why is it so hard for me to tell them? You really, really hurt me. But then I talk myself out of it. <laughs> and I hate that I do. But um, I don't want to be mad. Like, it sucks being mad at them. Do you, do you journal? I do. Yeah. I've started after my dad passed away. Have you written them? Have you written the letters? No. I would start there. Like, so you get it out. Um, hmm. One thing I, I, I did um, was write letters and just lay them at the feet of Jesus and kind of like when and if I can. And I didn't send out any of those letters, but um, I was able to years later talk to people. Oh, wow, that's a good but idea. I think I think that was helpful. Just I mean, I'm a writer. I I journal every day, so I have to. You know, I I can't have thoughts and not record them. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not even a, really a thought until it's been recorded. And so, um, I wrote letters. I wrote a lot of letters. Um, mm, yeah, that's great. And that helped me. Thank you for saying that. I mean, that's a great idea. That way, because I mean grief for me like it was a time to be selfish and I think it's a time for you to be selfish and say like I can't right now but I'll you know like maybe you can't talk to them about it maybe you need space from them but you also don't want to carry the bitterness and the weight of anger Mm -hmm. right so it's like that twofold of like I'm not ready to talk to them but I also don't want to carry the anger and the hurt and so so writing it out and releasing it and like literally here Jesus I release it and you release it 50 times a day when it comes up and you think, oh my gosh, you can't believe them. Mm-hmm. You release it again. And then ask Jesus, because I don't talk to everyone. You know, I don't, I didn't invite everyone back in. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, like my best friend, we're kind of just like, hey, and I'm okay with that. You know, like I love her and stuff, but it's like, it hurt really deep to have a friend not like, kick you out almost kick you out of the house because of something you said in pain like and and to be honest about that and I it took me my sister immediately like my sister didn't talk to him for five years and she's honest like how dare you guys do that and it took me a while to like really like I said I don't process hurt soon I feel I'm you know I'm embarrassed or ashamed of it so it took me a while to be like no that hurt like it hurt that my sister didn't, you guys weren't in a safe place, even though you say you are for my sister to, to grieve in the way she grieves, you know, like we don't grieve the way everyone wants us to grieve. And so, um, yeah, like, I love my best friend. I, I love her to death, but we, I, I'm just kind of like, I love you from over there mm-hmm. and that's okay. And, you know, so you don't have to invite everyone back in. Can I uh, just follow up with a couple couple uh, closing questions? Um, and then you guys are welcome to keep on talking or exchange information because I think there's yeah. a lot here that you guys could go back and forth on. Um, but Dami, I think something um, where you and Tori do differentiate is you've really clung to the uh, 
historic uh, view, uh, historic Christian view of Jesus. Um, and you've clung to him very closely, as you've shared, um, through this process. And I'm just wondering, for Tori, for a listener, for somebody who's struggling with church hurt, why? I think for me, my mom's death is a why. Like, and I, and I know I said this before, like, but it just, it was like, I don't know. And I don't know if you felt this, Tori, or Janelle, even you and with your babies, like, I remember just like, just having this, like, these feelings that like, I couldn't reach, you know, like, like, it was almost like, you know, like, when you break something or hurt something, you, you hold it and you're like, oh, and you kind of like try to ease the pain. But it was like, I couldn't reach that pain no matter what I did. And, um, and I realized that only Jesus could, hmm. and I needed that pain to be reached. I, um, I, I wasn't going to make it without it. And it was kind of, and, and, um, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, like, I think Jacob said it when he was wrestling with the angel, like, you know, like, I won't let go until you bless me. And it was kind of like that, like, Jesus, like, if I let go, like, that's it. Like, I either I stick to you and you, you have to get, like, I don't know. I, there's so many times I'd just be like, <sighs> like, cause it just like, it was just so present, but like, I didn't, you know, I didn't know where, like, you know, it was almost kind of like I needed my heart, my actual heart held. And I had to tell Jesus that. And because I was, I was just so embarrassed about the person I was. Um, there are times I, and this was a really cool moment um, at the church in Spain. Um, but I had been, I had been an awful person to my best friend and stuff. And, but I, I was just having so many, I, I don't, my mind was a mess, but I remember telling Jesus, like, I just need a hug. I need a hug. And we went to church and I, um, I like went off with my best friend and things like, y'all, I, like, I don't like confrontation. I don't like, you know, people can walk over me all day and it's just whatever. And I was like confronting her for little things too. <laughs> like not even a big deal. Um, and just like, I don't know, but we were at church and I was just feeling those feelings and just, I didn't know how to, I didn't know what to do. And it was cool because at the end of the church service, um, I had been in the nursery with the baby, but I came out and I was like, I just need Jesus. Like I, I'm at my wits end. And I went to the altar and the, the gentleman that I told you, we were there for his um, 30th wedding anniversary. He was doing worship or something. He stopped and he was like, someone needs to give Dominique a hug. And his wife came up and just held me and she ended up praying over me and that they they all ended up praying on me and it was a powerful moment. But um it was one of it was moments like that where God reminded me that he was with me. Um and that like that I think that was my strength. Um and it was also for me, that was a moment because we grew up in a church where people prided themselves on never missing a Sunday. And so I um I remember just like when my mom died, realizing like, I don't need church to have Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, like, even now, like, I don't feel like I need to go to church on a Sunday to have a closer relationship with Jesus. And I think that has helped me to accept the body of Christ is to know that they're not, they're not where my, it's not where my hope is, is found. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yes, I, you know, God you know, uses church, uses people in church, 
Um, you know, we need the body to, um, it's great to walk with people, the body of Christ and all those things. Um, but it's not the end all. And I think that has helped me stick with Jesus and stick with his people is knowing that like they're, and this might be wrong. This may not be biblical, but it helps me like they are not the end all be all. Mm, And I, I, I will not, I will not lose my faith if I take a time to step back from church. So. That's great. That's really good. I think Tori has the final question. Uh, actually, I have one final thought. Um, for someone who is struggling right now uh, with church hurt, uh, with all that stuff, you gave Tori some great practical advice about journaling. Um, what's the first step for that person who's just in a heap of pain and maybe even anger towards church right now? Um, I think, like, honestly, you know, it's uh, it's the first step that everyone says, like, admit there's a problem, right? Admit you have a problem. Admit you're hurt. Admit the pain. Because I think a lot of times it's, we're not, it's not anger. Every, I feel like a lot of things are, you know, masked under, under anger, but a lot of times it's hurt Mm -hmm. and fear and all those things. And it's the first step is admitting that you have it. I think for me, that's always the, the most difficult is to be honest about it, that I'm hurt that this hurts, you know, and um, I don't know why we find shame in admitting that, like, we couldn't handle that. Like, we couldn't mm-hmm. handle what they threw at us um, when we're not really supposed to, you know, but we can't sometimes. And so admitting it is the first step to even just that it's there. Mm-hmm. For, for people that have experienced loss, um, C.S. Lewis's book, which I mean, it's probably, I've only read two C.S. Lewis books and um, I read the second one because of this one, but A Grief Observed Mm, was like, yes, like um, he makes a statement in the book where he says, meanwhile, where is God? And that has always stuck with me, you know, because there's so many times where I've been like, meanwhile, where is God? You know, like with all the, you know, because like you said, Tori, it's not just the initial loss, but it's all the other not losses that come with it that you don't anticipate. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, where are you, God? And and so that book just also, I think, gave me an anchor to be like, I can be honest with God. Like, where are you? That was a great book. Thank I read that too. After yeah. you passed away. Well, Dami and Janelle, this has been a great, great, great conversation. Uh, Dami, I just have one last question for you before we wrap this up. So the Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Of those four gifts that perhaps we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ, which of those stands out to you the most in your life right now and why? I think... Right now, it's love. Um, one of the things I was just asking Jesus about right now or earlier um, is something I've struggled with since my mom's death is just kind of like, can I trust you? Can I trust you to to be my provider and stuff? And and, it, and I think for me, it always sends in like, do you love me? 
do you see me? And um, God, I don't know why, but God is always having to remind me that he loves me, mm-hmm. that he sees me. Um, which, I don't know why that's something that I always struggle with, but yeah. Well, Dominique Shanks, Tori Carpenter, thank you both for being here. Um, what a powerful conversation, and uh, I sure appreciate you both uh, sharing your vulnerable stories. And I hope for the person listening, if you are part of the church, um, that you're challenged and uh, that there's some self-reflection. I think that, I mean, I definitely am going to be doing that, right? I, all of sin and fall share of the glory of God. That includes people involved in church, but maybe just asking, uh, asking ourselves, who is it that you've put in my path that needs to be seen, uh, today that I could love on. And then if you're not a believer and you're listening to this and you're feeling, yeah, (laughs) kind of like angry and frustrated, I just want to encourage you. Um, man, you know, I, I truly believe this with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I pray that you'll believe that uh, today, friend. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me, to share their personal stories, and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host, and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus... I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.